Welcome to the Living Healthy Podcast, a podcast dedicated to health, fitness, exercise, medicine, diet, nutrition, as well as eating clean, organic, and non-GMO foods. Let's live the journey through weight loss, weight management, and accomplishing goals. I'm your host, Eddie Randall. Thank you for tuning in to Season 3, Episode 13 of the Living Healthy Podcast. Your continued listening and your continued support are greatly appreciated. Please feel free to check out the latest merchandise at the Living Healthy Podcast Store. The link is in the description of the podcast. I've heard of people making multiple things at home with software and a 3D printer. I've always found this very fascinating. Medicine has taken that a step further. Advancements in technology have allowed us to make innovations and focus on client-centered medicine. Anatomical and structural implants can be printed and used to treat and literally make a patient whole again. I will be exploring this innovative idea in depth and the future it holds for healthcare. Tonight's podcast is entitled 3D Printing and the Future of Healthcare Innovation. What is 3D printing and how does it work? 3D printing is also known as additive manufacturing. Material is used to create something by building multiple layers. 3D models are developed using software or a three-dimensional scan is used. The software input processes the design into multiple layers. A thermal plastic filament is often melted to build the desired part. In addition, metal can be melted or resin can be cured to build the part. Oftentimes, a post-curing process or removing flash and sanding is required. The three common types are fuse deposition modeling, stereolithography, and selective laser sintering. The most common is the fused deposition model, which most consumers use for hobbies and professionals also use to create movie props. Stereolithography, or SLA, has the largest amount of applications and is used by model makers, engineers, dentists, and the medical industry. For the sake of the podcast, I will be focusing on how 3D printing has revolutionized the medical industry and how the future of medicine looks with this technology. 3D printing and healthcare. 3D printing is bolstering the point of care model of healthcare as hospitals have embraced 3D printing and are offering prosthetics and implants that are patient specific. These prosthetics and implants can be generated at the hospital or surgical center if so equipped. This substantially contributes to the recovery time of the patient. Typically, Implants and prosthetics can be ready in a number of days, whereas with 3D printing, these parts are ready within a number of hours. 3D printing itself has been around since the 1980s, but this has taken off dramatically within the last few years as technology has advanced with the FDA regulating the products. According to the Pew Charitable Trust Foundation's website, 
They state that the FDA regulates the products in three classes, one, two, and three, going from moderate to high risk. Furthermore, they state that some class one and class two products are allowed to enter the market without the FDA giving the initial okay. That being said, 3D printing in healthcare provides significant promise. In the late 1990s, dentists were using 3D printing software along with x-rays to help map out a perfect fit for patients' needs. They then would build the necessary implants and perform the procedure. In the early 2000s, a bladder was printed with the aid of a patient's cells to reduce rejection. This was done by researchers at Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine. In 2012, a 3D printing company named Amnovis, which is in Belgium, pioneered printing the world's first patient-specific titanium mandible. An 83-year-old woman who had neck and throat cancer had her jaw removed and a titanium 3D model was successfully transplanted. Orthopedics have been using screws and rods as a proven method for injury or repair depending on the patient's condition. Normally, a CT scan, MRI, or X-ray is used to see the damaged area, and this is used to determine the next steps of the process, which usually results in surgery. 3D printing takes this one step further. With the imaging, the 3D printing software makes a model so surgeons are better equipped to see how they can help the patient's needs. They can also use this model to help them to see where blood vessels and other soft tissue structures are at. This is extremely helpful as it is a guide to allow them not to nick or damage anything that can lead to complications and other problems. And as in the case with the lady who received the titanium jaw, orthopedic surgeons are able to use metal formed in the specific shape of the bone that is being repaired or replaced. Typically, when hip or knee replacements are done, the parts used have a certain size and dimension as they tend to be mass-produced in sort of a cookie-cutter fashion. Although some parts using 3D printing are produced in a mass or similar fashion, the customization aspect is the beauty of this technology that grants a better outcome for the patient. There is an article on the Journal of American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons by Wickstead, Peterson, Kadika, and others called Three-Dimensional Printing in Orthopedic Surgery, Current Applications and Future Developments. They reviewed a study of patients who had a defect in the area where the hip bone fits the socket. They stated that patients who received a 3D acetabular cup said that they have improved stability and less pain. The authors attribute this to the fact that the 3D printed acetabular cups are thinner and adhere to bone growth faster than the conventional ones they replace. In the tragedy of death, organ transplantation is the gift of life to others. However, finding a match is more difficult than one may think. This involves blood testing, age, and years of waiting on a donor list, all while taking medications with, that ha sometimes have deleterious side effects in order to keep the patient alive. In addition, one-third of all organ transplants fail due to rejection and infection. 3D printing may open the door to eliminating the need for waiting 
and for taking medications for years while on that list. In 1999, doctors at Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine created the first 3D printed bladder. This was transplanted successfully into the recipient, and he's been trouble-free ever since. Then in 2004, a second 3D printed bladder was created by Dr. Anthony Atala, and it was placed in the patient who had been living, thank God, trouble-free ever since. 3D bioprinting also shows promise for burn victims, cancer victims, and trauma victims. This technology has the ability to make rejection as well as physical scars a thing of the past. There is an article on smithsonianmag.com called Scientists 3D Print Skin That Develops Working Blood Vessels by Natalie Machar. She states that researchers at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute and Yale University took human cells and printed artificial skin that grew its own blood vessel system. In a clinical trial in Texas, a doctor transplanted a 3D ear to a woman who had a congenital defect. Doctors in France worked with a woman who had lost part of her face due to cancer. The doctors printed a nose for her and they gave it a blood supply by attaching it to one of her forearms. It grew and thrived for two months. Then it was removed, and after a six-hour surgery, they were able to attach it anatomically to her face. Ten days later, she was released with her new nose and a new outlook on life. As you can see, the future looks very promising in regard to 3D printed tissues and organs. That being said, there is always the risk of rejection with 3D printed parts, even if it is your own cells in another part of your body. After all, there are autoimmune disorders that arise due to genetics. That being said, the benefit seems to outweigh the risk. The potential to grow cells into tissue and organs, as well as creating blood vessels, is remarkable to say the least. Medicine has improved its arsenal with 3D printing and has increased its ability to save lives and restore dignity to those who suffer from trauma and disease. Not only that, but this life-saving technology is only a fraction of the cost. According to Imperial Bioscience Review, Jenny Tang wrote an article called Organ Regeneration with 3D Printing and Future Applications. She states that 3D printing will drastically affect affordability as currently a single kidney transplant in the United States costs around $300,000 and a 3D printed kidney made from the recipient's own cells costs around $10,000. I want to thank you for supporting me by listening to the Living Healthy Podcast. My podcast is listed on many platforms, including Anchor, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many, many others. Please follow me on Tumblr, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and Rumble. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover, please don't hesitate to ask. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please contact me at livinghealthy.com livinghealthy at gmail.com. In addition, please check out the Living Healthy Podcast Store, 
The link is in the description of the podcast. And now back to the show. There are, of course, risks and dangers involved with a 3D printed organ or tissue. One risk is keeping the cells viable while they're being printed. Some organs can take a while to map out and print. Printing an ear may be significantly easier to maintain than a liver or a heart. Dangers include the organ migrating in the body once transplanted. Other dangers include the organ being rejected by the immune system, not to mention the nosocomial infections. In addition, the cancer risks that are involved. We really don't know the long-term implications of such a practice until more research, including several clinical trials, are done. I don't want to make it seem like 3D bioprinting is a bad thing. Just as we acknowledge the positive, we must also acknowledge the possible negative effects. 3D printing is even used in the pharmaceutical industry. I was very surprised to find this out, but back in 2015, the FDA approved a medication called Spiritam. Spiritam is currently being distributed in the United States. It's used to treat epilepsy. The manufacturer, Apresia Pharmaceuticals, makes Spiritam, and they've implemented this drug with enabling disintegration. This means that the drug can dissolve rapidly with a small amount of water to get into the system faster. From what they say, literally a sip of water can break this drug down. The drug is made using the zip dose process. First, a blend of the medication is laid down. Then a binding fluid is laid down so it can bind to the next layer. The process repeats several times until the determined size of the tablet has been reached. So in a way, this process is pretty much the same as 3D printing in organs and tissues. I think this will probably end up taking off depending on what the manufacturers decide to do. Some say this is a step in the right direction as this puts us on the path of personalized medicine made for the person as most pills are mass produced. I remember when I took public speaking, there was a gentleman who was also taking the course who wanted to be a pharmacist, and he had a speech on personalized medicine. I found it fascinating as he talked about how it would be better for patients as this would reduce medication side effects due to the patient's blood being tested beforehand to gauge for reactions. Indeed, this would revolutionize medicine. I think personalized medication and personalized medicine would be good. However, I believe that would drive the price of medicine up. But that's just my opinion. One thing is for sure, 3D printing medication will certainly make it easier for those who have trouble swallowing large pills. Soldiers at West Point are also working with 3D bioprinting. Right around the time of the pandemic, some of these soldiers were working on personalized 3D bandages for wounded soldiers. Others were working on blood vessels, which of course would carry blood through the body. This would significantly change the face of warfare, or at least the face of survivability in warfare. Future uses of bio 3D printing could include any organ in the body, 
from the kidney, the liver, the heart, lungs, and even the prostate. This also includes the role of more medications as the FDA grants approvals to the pharmaceutical industry. Researchers and scientists are hoping to get federal approval within the next 10 years to move forward in integrating 3D bioprinting into healthcare. Yet, others say we are at least 20 years or more away from having 3D bioprinting approved. As it stands, as of August of 2023, the FDA has already approved a sterilization process for 3D printed models and single-use instruments that will be used for procedures. The process cleans by using vaporized hydrogen peroxide under vacuum conditions. Surgical units already use this process, but this one in particular is specific for 3D printing. That's going to do it for episode 13 of season 3 of the Living Healthy Podcast. I hope you found this podcast informative, beneficial, and I hope that I've motivated you to make the decision that you'd like to make. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next time. Living healthy creates a better you.